everybody, Revival Town Podcast. I'm Chuck Tate. That's Andy King. How you doing, mate? Doing great, mate. I got I got a new toy. Oh, do you? You're a <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness, you can get us <laughs> trouble. <laughs> Uh, Don't worry, no swearing was no, done during no, no this. No swearing. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I'll be honest. One of my pet peeves is. <laughs> oh, my head! My head hurts. <laughs> one, one of my pet peeves is anytime anybody has this in their bio on social media. I've seen it on a T-shirt, and I used to do some writing for Charisma Magazine, and I wanted to do an article about this, but I didn't want to be canceled. But I, <laughs> one of my pet peeves is anyone who says, I'm a Christian, but I cuss a little. I hate that. Oh, I do too. I hate that. You know, Might as well say, well, I'm a Christian, but I commit adultery every now and then. I mean, that, I mean <laughs> sin, sin is sin, right? Oh, and, and the word is clear to be careful what comes out of our mouth. The power of life and death is in the tongue. We know we're not supposed to use coarse language. I mean, obviously, everybody sins and messes up and needs, but I'm, but let's not make excuse for our sin. Let's right. not be intentional and say, well, I'm going to go ahead and do this anyway. No, if I fall short, I'm going to ask God to forgive me. If I hit my thumb with a hammer and I say something wrong, oh, Jesus, forgive me. I'm so sorry. You know, but I'm not going to just say, hey, this is who I am. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, anyway, this is pet peeve. Wow. Pet peeve. You know, it's coming well, out today, man. Welcome to Revival Town Podcast. Coming out. <laughs> Hey, speaking of coming out, we have, um, we just had lunch, we just, we, oh, wait a minute, that's a different podcast. You're going to have too much fun with that. But um, we okay. just had lunch, as we do every time, we, we pre-record these, and we usually pre-record two or three episodes at a time, and we always take a break and have lunch, and we grab Chinese, that's yep. our deal, yep. and we always open up our fortune cookie, and we always say, okay, whatever it says, we're going to add on Revival Town Podcast at the end of it. So we thought it'd be fun to open these up. Um, Just so you know, we don't believe in fortune cookies. I don't read my fortune. You shouldn't. If you're a Christian, you don't need to count the stars and see how the stars align. God already mapped out your future. We know what the word says about witchcraft. So no emails about that. We're just having fun. Yep. Let's open up this fortune cookie and see what it says. All right, go on. You Uh, going or me? Yeah, I, I got mine open. Ready? Yeah, yeah. You do yours first. Breaking it open now. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys can't. You guys can't see it. it. It just broke apart all over them. There's nothing inside it. What? No. There's no nothing inside it, man. Yeah, your your fortune cookie's blank. That's a message from God. <laughs> you don't need a cookie. <laughs> future. <laughs> now my cookie looks burnt. Look at this. Doesn't it? Ooh. I'm gonna open it up. Let's see what it says. I'm not eating it, that's for sure. All right, I'm going to read it right now. Here we go. Many receive advice, only the wise profit by it on Revival Town Podcast. Oh, look at that. Okay. That's right. a good one. Yeah. We need Deborah Folletta back so we can get some advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's just bought out two books this year. It's crazy. Man, she's an animal. We had her on uh, early on in the podcast, Deb Folletta. You want to check out that? That was a great episode. But really you was. know what? People are enjoying what we're doing. You know what? You're right. It's been cool to see the feedback. and Yeah. I'm just glad. Thank you for listening. This show is for you. Thank you for listening. You rock. So take some time. Give us a review and let us know what you enjoy most. We've got a friend that uh, used to live in the Peoria area, um, Trent. He uh, lives in Jacksonville, Florida. Cool story of, of what he's doing right now. But he sent us a message. He actually sent me the shirt that I'm wearing. It, it which, says, don't be a plonker. Don't be a plonker. Revival Town podcast logo on it. Yes. He beat us to making merch. I, I, I think it's so cool. I'm just, I just don't know why he didn't send two. You know... <laughs> I'm, I know. I saw a picture of him wearing one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, Trent, you... <laughs> no, I think it's so cool. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So he sent us a message. So we thought, Let's listen to it. We would play it. Yeah. Here you go. Hey guys, this is Trent from Jacksonville, Florida. Longtime listener, first time caller. I just wanted to drop a quick shout out for the show and let you know that I'm really digging your guys's podcast. Um, I. 
honestly have had a hard time getting into podcast over the years, but this one really has me coming back for more. Um, I truly can't wait for your second episode to drop. It, what, oh, wait. <laughs> you mean there's there's been more than one? Wait. There's been like 40 episodes? Wait. I gotta, I gotta listen to this each week? <sighs> Okay, in all seriousness, as someone who grew up in Peoria and moved away 20 years ago, this show, in some weird, small way, has really helped me feel like I'm staying connected to P-Town. But I do seriously have to wonder how you guys keep finding new guests each week. I mean, I've seen Andy's Rolodex, and we're almost to the point where I'm halfway expecting to see the King family pets on an episode talking about what it's like living with Andy. I mean, too bad the koi fish can't talk. Am I right? Anyway, I will say that I truly love your guys' blend of witty banter, your great stories, and the words of wisdom that really has made me stop and think. Um, Obviously, I'm talking about the words from your guests, guys, of course. Uh, Touche! as much as I've enjoyed the diversity of guests that you guys are introducing to us in so many different arenas of the Christian walk of life, I have to say that my personal favorite of the show is the Make Chuck Guess the British Word Game. All I can say to that is don't be a plonker and get that merch out ASAP. Uh, Keep up the great work both on the podcast and what you guys are doing to impact so many in central Illinois. And thank you for loving my hometown as much as I do. I'll leave you guys with these words of wisdom that Andy can attest to. I'm honestly not sure the world could handle more Tates, but we could all use more mates. We love you guys. God bless. Hey, that's hey, good. We should have beeped that last part. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Trent. You rock, man. That was, that was cool. That was cool. You know, I said to him, can you send me a picture of you wearing the shirt? Somehow he sent a picture of wearing the shirt in my office. Yes. <laughs> So he ended up in town and took yeah. a tour of DCP and yeah, you didn't even the, know it. T- took it to the Dream Center and I, I think I was out of town. It was the day that you stood us up for the golf outing. Oh, uh, oh, 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 Way oh, to oh, go. Oh, oh, oh. Way to go. Way to go. I carried Listen, you though, don't I'm worry. I'm still bummed about that. Oh man, that was a good day. I, I shot one of the, I mean, a few few were good. Not all, but yeah. there's a few shots. Yeah. It's been a couple of years since I've been out, been out golfing and I love it and I was looking forward to it, but... Had to do a wedding, and I just didn't have time to pull it off. So. Yeah, so that's the day Trent went around my office and took a picture with the shirt on. So Okay, I, you were, actually, I wasn't doing a wedding. I was taking Trent on the tour. You didn't know that. But, uh. <laughs> and he still didn't give you a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why the hood of that mini is missing. It's in my office now. <laughs> oh, so there we go. Well, we are doing something different today. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Just for fun. I know that um, some may have been listening last week uh, when, Chuck, you inter- interviewed me about everything to do with Dream Center, Andy King, all the stuff that's your, going all on. Your, your life, man. Your story. Yeah. Your so, journey. Your j- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, today we're going to reverse... It and we are going to reverse the curse. Were you thinking that <laughs> <laughs> we're going to reverse the curse? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so we are going to in- interview you today, Chuck. We want people to get to know us a little bit better. Yes, they hear things during the podcast and when we're uh, interviewing other folks, but really getting to know uh, how we got to this point and the people in our lives and what we've done. So. We want you to sit back and relax and, and just enjoy this uh, next few minutes as we interview the legend. <laughs> right. Chuck Tate. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. I don't know what to say, you know. You know, we have listeners in all 50 states. Yeah. 29 countries. Yeah. So there are a lot of people that they really don't know our story. Yeah. That's why we're doing this. So. And so, um, let, Chuck, let's go back. Um, 
obviously you did this with me obviously i grew up as a kid in england you obviously grew up as a kid in america tell us a bit about your childhood okay. and, and all all that that entailed i was born in phoenix arizona where wow. it is really hot yeah and i know everybody always says quit complaining it's a dry heat especially people from illinois because it's humid here like yeah. hey you know Shut up, it's a dry heat. And my answer is always the same. So is an oven, but I don't sleep in it. Okay? Phoenix is hot! When it's 115, I don't care if there's humidity or not. It's hot, hot, hot. When you can fry an egg on the sidewalk. But no, Phoenix is cool. I I grew up in Phoenix. I um, I, I loved it. And I don't really, honestly, I don't remember how hot it was. I, I have since returned for several years to preach at youth camps there and visit the church that I grew up in. I can't believe that I live there because when I'm there, it is so hot. And I just don't remember, you know, it was my normal when I lived there as a kid. But now when I return, I'm like, wow. I mean, it's it's cool. It's, I mean, it's the desert. I like, I love that you can be like in, in Flagstaff in a couple hours. You could be in Prescott in about an hour and a half and up in the mountains and it cools down and there's snow. And, you know, I, I just, Arizona is a cool state. I'm glad I'm from there. It's so odd that I lived there until right before eighth grade that's when my family moved to illinois my dad was from the peoria area originally and my mom was from the chicago area let's let's just for those who may be listening from out of the country eighth grade what would that be around what age um okay for me i started school when i was early so i was always youngest in my class but um i want to say i was 12 okay okay yeah yeah Yeah. i think i think i was 12 and um, my dad was in ministry. He had pastored uh, a small church in Phoenix that he had planted, but he got contacted by a friend of his who was a pastor in in Peoria, and we we he uprooted the family and we moved, and the rest is history. I mean, it's p- part of my story. I'm so glad that. I mean, I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have met you. Right. This podcast wouldn't exist. So many different things. Just uh, you know, when you look back in your life and you see how God's hand was on each step, <clears throat> just like you shared in last week's episode, divine appointments, being in Australia, Ace Team, seeing that one speaker, yeah. and then going to that movie, and then the rest is history. Right. Yeah. yeah. So for, for me, a, a big part of my story was yeah, I was moving to Central Illinois uh, as a kid, and um, yeah. Uh, I loved having four seasons, but it was the first time I ever saw snow. Oh, man. In fact, the first day that it snowed, it snowed late Saturday night. So when we got up to get ready for church on Sunday morning, there was snow everywhere. Yeah. My parents let me stay home from church just to play in the snow. I skipped church. Wow. The first church service that I could ever <clears throat> recall ever skipping man. was to, to play in the snow. My first snow experience. How yeah. cool right. is that? So, snow way. Yeah. <laughs> way. <laughs> If you're gonna spew, spew in it. <laughs> Wings No, um, so, um, yeah. So I, um, you know what? I don't know if I should say this or not, but um, part of wait my, a minute. Part, part of. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was in. Yeah, started eighth grade, and my dad was on staff at a church. And anyway, I think it was high school that I got kicked out of a youth group. What? Yep, the church I was at. And it, and it wasn't for anything immoral or it wasn't for cussing and getting beeped. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it was, I, I won't go into it. Sure, I, I don't sure, want sure. to go into it. I'm but, sure it's going to make know, a book. I, I love Is it going to make the book? I love the family. It, may, it might have to be in a book. <laughs> but it, it did have to do with um, <clears throat> a disagreement. And um, so I got... Looking back, and, and everything's cool now with all these people. Do you it know just, these people still? I, I do, I do. Wow. And um, so I got kicked out for like, I got, I guess, benched for a month or whatever. But in that time, I was hurt, and I, and I didn't understand why. I didn't feel like I did anything wrong. And um, that led me to an AG church mm. where the youth pastor there became my mentor, took me under my wing, and he is the one who suggested that I go to North Central Bible College, which is North Central University today. Yeah. It's in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's an AG Assembly Scott School. I was about to go to Christ for the Nations in Dallas, 
But really, um, I really looked up to him, and obviously my hero has always been my dad, and he's a power preacher, old school, R.W. Shambach, man, just. But, um, but in, high, in my high school years, my youth pastor just invested so much in me. He believed in me, and he was instrumental in me going to, to North Central. And I, I did, and I, I ended up um, dropping out of Bible College. After my first year, I went to this camp in Florida. Yeah. And I worked at a camp in Vero Beach, Florida all summer. Loved it. Hit the beach every weekend. And oh, I have a lot of stories about that and going to Disney for my first time. And just, um, I was just a young 18-year-old dude living on the beach pretty much. And it was, I was a lifeguard uh, at the camp um, at times. And I was, I was over a group of seven-year-olds every day and all kinds <laughs> of fun and games. And it's just crazy. The best summer of my life. Yeah. Right? And I, I didn't get my... The grant that I got my freshman year in Bible college, I didn't get my second year. So I prayed and I said, God, if prior to this, it was one of those moments where I put a fleece out, right? And I said, God, if I get the grant, I'm going to go back to school. And if I I don't get the grant, then I'm going to take this youth pastor position that had been offered to me. Yeah. And I was going to school to be a youth pastor. And I got offered a youth pastor, a paid position. And I didn't get the grant. So I took, I took the gig, took the job, and I youth pastored in Illinois for three and a half years at two different churches. Then I moved to Ohio to be the youth pastor for my youth pastor, the one oh, I, wow. that was instrumental in me going to Bible college <clears throat> yeah, yeah, at yeah. North Central. He got a church in Bellevue, Ohio, lived in Sandusky. If, you've ever heard, if you don't know where Sandusky is, if you know what Cedar Point is, you know it's the very best amusement park in the world, period. See, it's you, a, you and Pete Hickson talked about this in the very yes, first episode. You are, you are right. There's no place like Cedar Point. And um, it's so cool. And I, I, I had a season pass oh season point, to Cedar Point. But um, so I, I moved to Ohio to be a youth pastor at this small church in um, the middle of kind of nowhere, a little town called Bellevue, and Assembly God Church. And I was there about a year and a half when God opened up the door for me to to be um, an apprentice, like an intern for a national youth ministry. Now, we had Blaine Bartell on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. And for those of you that may recall that episode, he used to host a TV show called Fire by Night. Yeah. And then when when he quit and moved on, the show was taken over by a youth evangelist called Eastman Curtis. Yep. And at that time, at one point, when I was working for him, Eastman Curtis was probably the most sought-after youth evangelist in the country. I mean, he's preached for Joe Olstein and Joyce Meyer, and he could go on and on, yeah. he, all kinds of stuff, and traveled in these youth conventions, kind of like acquired a fire teen mania. They were called This Generation Youth Conventions. I had taken my youth group in Ohio to see him in Toledo, um, Ohio, not knowing that that there would be a connection there, and I had the opportunity to 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 be an intern, and I left my my um, my full time job in in Ohio as a youth pastor. I moved, stepped out in faith, moved to Ohio to to raise my own support. Wow! To work for this national youth ministry, but a year later, worked myself into a job, and I went from being an intern to leading the internship program and developing it, and then I became the convention manager where I was the liaison between our ministry and the host church, and I began to go on the road. I began to speak and preach, and we were, I was, got to co-produce a, a national television show that aired on the Inspirational Network and TBN, and then I had the opportunity to do national radio, and God opened up all these doors, and it was there while working for that ministry that I started attending two churches, I, it, which first time I'd ever attended two churches in my life. <laughs> All right, but it was the Bible Belt, mega churches on every corner, yeah. the only city that I'd ever lived in where you could see a fender bender, and instead of people cussing each other out with the with the beeping, they would <laughs> they would be holding hands praying, right? Wow! And just Tulsa is just a cool city, cool community, and we've had a number of people from um, on Revival Town podcast from Tulsa. Yeah, but um, I was attending. Church on a Move, which at that time was pastored by Willie George, which was the ministry that had the show Fire by Night. Eastman had been the youth pastor there at one time. Blaine Bartell built, yeah. built 180. We talked about that prior. And now Whitney George is the pastor, and they've done a really cool creative conference called Seeds in the Past. Yeah. And just nice So up. I was a part of that. In fact, I was serving in the youth ministry when they came up with the name 180. Oh, cool. Yep. And there was a young girl in the youth group who won, I think, 
a pizza party who came up with the name. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, and um, <sighs> so I was serving at Church on the Move, and and I remember doing some drama and and on the main stage and being a part of the youth ministry and just serving and being a part of that on the weekends because um, that, that I was in town. But we would travel all over the country in Canada doing youth conventions, but the ministry was based in Tulsa and day-to-day operations and all that kind of stuff. So there were times where I just was part of Church on the Move. And then, but there was this really cool church called Guts Church, like rock and roll church, Pastor Bill Shear. It's featured in the Riot movie, the Carmen Riot movie. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know who's in it? Uh-uh. I am. Oh, I there play, we go. I, I'm an extra. I Mo- played Movie a, star <laughs> Chuck Tates. <laughs> I was there from 9 o'clock at night or 8 o'clock at night to 3 o'clock in the morning just to walk in front of the camera for like two seconds. <laughs> not, but I played a a, um, a Chicago City Homeless man? Police officer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be in prison. I would be in prison if I did that. I'm making license plates. Oh. No, no, but... Um, no, I got to play this, this this officer, but there was also a scene that was filmed at Gutch Church, and um, Gutch Church was really one of the first churches in the country that went all contemporary, like really edgy. I mean, now yeah. almost every church is either contemporary or they have a contemporary service, Yeah, but Gutch Church was on the edge, and that's the church that gave me the vision to plant Rock Church, mm. and every week... And they only had a Sunday night service. Church on a Move didn't. So this is why I went to two churches. I would go to Church yeah. on a Move on either Saturday night or Sunday morning, and I would go to Guts Church on Sunday nights. Yeah. And at that time... It's similar when, when I was in Nashville. You know, the, the, the guys at Crosspoint were super cool, and I'm on staff at Crosspoint. But on a Tuesday night, I went to The Belonging uh, that, you know, is an incredible church. A lot of artists uh, are leading worship there. Incredible pastor Henry and Alex Seeley. Uh, check out their worship. Their worship, they've got a lot of stuff out on Spotify. Um, you know, and Crosspoint staff were like, hey, we're cool. As long as you're doing what you need to do, do whatever you want in the week. So on a Tuesday night, I would go and it, it would just kind of refresh you. Like- yeah, because you were working, right? At yeah. Crosspoint, you were working, doing stuff on a Sunday. On a, on a Tuesday, I could just sit and take in yeah just know. receive get filled up yeah. and, and that's kind of how it was i mean i was giving out at the ministry and and um and then serving at church on a move so then on sunday nights guts was like for me yeah you know what yeah. i mean i just i just loved it and every week it just resonated within me where every single week i thought this would play in peoria this is so cool yeah. i don't want to do it but it would be really cool yeah. something like a church like this in peoria not knowing that god was preparing me to yeah. do just that in fact a lot of people don't know this but when we planted rock church originally it was going to be called guts church peoria wow. and we were going to be an official um affiliate of guts church tulsa and it didn't that's it, a whole nother story why it didn't happen but it really turned out to be a good thing i still have a good relationship with pastor bill Shear there at guts church grateful for him and the vision that he stilled into me that was instrumental in in me planting rock church so i planted a church 23 years ago yeah tell us tell us about that because um i know a lot of people who have tried to plant churches and to be honest with you it's hard right yeah tell us about the the evolution of that you plant in the church and also um you know when you plant a church it's cool for the first six months in in uh setting up and tearing down yeah but then it can get a bit old, and you guys Absolutely. went quite a while. Like so, that. yep. So let me just just back up just a little bit. So when I was living in Tulsa, um, my wife Annette and I, um, when I began working for the ministry, I was single. Annette and I, I met my wife at church here in Central Illinois, and we dated on and off for eight years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, I almost waited too long, right? Um, yeah, I was kind of like, you know, Jenny and Forrest Gump. That was me. (laughs) No, I, and, um, I lived in four different States and my wife, you know, my wife, like who was my girlfriend, they're not even in my fiance. She stuck with me through all this long distance dating. I mean, I went to school in Minnesota, worked for the camp in Florida, was a youth pastor in Ohio, moved to Oklahoma, working for that ministry. And one day, um, Eastman's wife at the time, Angel Curtis, she said, you know, Chuck, what are you doing stringing this girl along? You need to have her come out here and, 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 and see the ministry. So Annette 
flew out to Tulsa. True story. The day she flew out, my car got repoed. What? <laughs> right. So I remember when I first joined the ministry, I wasn't paid staff. I was an intern. And I gave up my full-time job. And I had to raise support to be an intern. But I also had to keep all my car payments and pay for my insurance. Most of the interns were, were younger than me. And I was already like, uh, I think I was like 24, 25 and... You know what I mean? Established. I've been in, already pastored and ordained minister. and You know what I mean? So it was different for me. And um, I, I, I was only a month and a half behind in my payments. And I'll, I'll never forget. <laughs> like, my, uh, Annette was flying into town that day. I was sitting in my office. It was pouring down rain. And all of a sudden, I, I heard this beeping behind me, like something was backing up. And I didn't think anything of it. Well, then I, I, I turned around. And a tow truck was taking my car. And I didn't know it was getting repoed because I'm like, it's only like a, a month behind, month and a half behind uh, in my payments. And it was, anyway, I just, uh, hey, <laughs> this is raw. This is real. This is where I was at in life at that wow. time. And I've learned wow. so much since then. But um, I ran outside in the rain. And just before the tow truck was pulling out of the parking lot and banged on the window and the guy stopped. I'm like, what are you doing? This is my car. He's like, sorry, man, I'm just doing my job. And I didn't have a, a way to get my wife from the airport. She's there in town to visit, to meet Eastman and Angel. And I, I, it was just a oh. crazy day, crazy weekend. Um, but um, it she all stuck with you. The, the ministry helped me, and they were so good to me, took care of me. And uh, But it was that weekend that Angel said to me, what are you doing? And um, I, I started making plans to to get engaged and we got engaged and we got married and I was already in Tulsa and she came out and um, so I, I ended up working for that ministry for three and a half years that I knew I, I didn't share this but about two years prior to us planting the church I was driving home from Canada we were doing a youth convention in Canada and I was driving the ministry van we were pulling our big U-Haul with all of our gear and everybody in the van was sleeping it was my turn to drive and I was listening to worship music, a guy named Danny Chambers from way back in the day, who's now with Jesus. But um, I can't explain it, Andy, but just the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment, three o'clock in the morning. Mm. And it was simple. I want you to plant the church. Wow. You remember I said during worship, I thought this would be cool if it played in Peoria? Yeah, yeah. I didn't necessarily want to do it because I was happy to work it for national ministry. Yeah. But in that moment, I knew he was calling me to do it. So fast forward to before we moved here to do that, I didn't know when it was going to happen. I sat on that dream for two years. So everyone is listening, and you have this dream, and you're like wondering about timing. The Holy Spirit will tell you when it's time. Yeah, like Everything's yeah. going to happen in His time. Well, just like with your story that you shared last week, Andy. So one day, Eastman, uh, this evangelist that I worked for, he called me in his office, and he said, Chuck, I really feel it's time to promote you, and I don't know what that means. I don't know if I need to get you back on the road, because he took me off the road. I became like an office rat. So I went from managing from within an office when I was used to traveling and preaching and speaking, and, and that was really my passion. He says, I know you're called to preach, so we got some options here. I need to get you back on the, on the road for youth conventions. Maybe I need to send you to churches that I can't go to and have you take interns and do drama and preach. Or maybe this is time for you to step out and plant your church. Because I had already shared that someday I was going to do this. And when he said that, I knew immediately it's time. I'm going to plant a church. So my wife and I, we did that. We packed up like Abraham. We didn't really know what we were doing. We just packed everything up in a U-Haul. We moved to Illinois in December of 1997. Wow. And we planted Rock Church May 31st, 1998. We had 150 people, our first service. Wow. And um, the rest is, is history. And you asked so about the, the setting up and tearing down. If I had known then what the journey was going to look like, I may not have done it. And that's, that's like most stuff, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. the same with, with Dream Center and some of the things that we've had to deal with there. If you if you saw what was going to happen, and especially the hard times, the hard times, we would we wouldn't do it. Yeah, but so, I think that's God protecting us in some God, ways. Yeah. So our first nine years, we were mobile, setting up nine tearing years. down. Yeah, not nine months. 
nine years. Now, most church, I don't know what the actual statistic is, but a high percentage of church plants don't make it beyond two years because it's hard. It's our work. Yeah, it's tough. And we, we found that out. And we were, we got, you know, I mentioned that we had 150 people our first service because we were new. Now, I don't even remember how we got it, but somebody gave us this big, ugly purple bus. And we were busting in kids, so part of that 150 was like 50 kids. Right, right. Right. We believed in kids and youth ministry, and I was in my 20s. My wife was in her 20s, so it was a young crowd. And we were we were renting from another church, and we like guts. We did Sunday night only. But what happened was the church that we were renting from was a small church. They had a sanctuary that sat 300, right? But they were only a church of about 20 people, and they felt like they were losing their identity. More people were associating their property with our church than their church. Right. So we got kicked out. Wow. So check this out. So we're a year in. We had 316 people come to our one-year anniversary of a church plant. 47 people responded to the altar call to give their lives to Christ. My friend, Eastman Curtis, who I had worked for, came to town, and he did the service. Wow. And the altar call. Yeah. We got kicked out that night they didn't i asked for an extension they wouldn't give us an extension we went from having 316 people in a service with 47 people getting saved we had no place to meet the following week we met in a park Uh, and we had outdoor worship and we didn't know what to expect this was before like you know cell phones were i mean there were some flip phones but right um this was before cell phones and even before people before facebook before people use the internet like yeah, we use it today. Yeah. So we, it was hard for us to even communicate that we just had to go put a note on the door. Hey, meet us at the park. And then, <laughs> and, and then we moved into this campground for two months, which, which was a really cool place for um, an old style Pentecostal camp meeting service, but not for a church that met every week. And we lost most of our people, no air conditioning, sawdust floor. Yeah. Did I mention there was a snake in the nursery? What? Yeah, yeah, not 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 great marketing. Yeah, that's, and, uh, that's the, not, yeah, 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 yeah. So we got down to like sixty people, and I was discouraged. And then we moved to a Knights of Columbus and Morton. From there, we ended up in the uh, a skating rink. I, now I think that's where I first collided with you and and the church because I remember it being in the skating rink. Yeah, I think it was because at that time I was doing a youth show on the local Christian radio station here called the house of faith. Yes. And a lot of people would call in on a Sunday night when we would be doing it and they would be coming from church or been at rock and, yeah, you know, asking us to play early switchfoot or cadet or skillet, yeah. you know, those early. Bands. Yeah, I think that's how I, I met you because Chad Ingham yeah. who was one of the pastors on our staff. Yep. This was before he was even married. In fact, I invited him to Rock Church, and he came and visited during our first year. He went home, and he called his fiance in Arizona. He said, hey, I found the church we're not going to. <laughs> but he's been with us ever since, and yeah. he's one of the pastors on our staff now. And he you took know. us on the golf outing the other week that you yes, didn't show up to. skipped. Dang it. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, so, it was, so it was really hard. And when we moved into the skating rink, we kind of reinvented, uh, recast the vision, and pretty much kind of started over and built it back up to a couple hundred people. And um, we would open up the skating floor after we're, after church. We're the only church that, yeah, hey, come and come come for a great service. And then skate and joust. And yeah. there was laser tag. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we were there for two years. But, you know, we were kind of in the way. There, you know, the owner of the skating rink was, he was on our staff for a while. And then he purchased, he's the one who purchased the skating rink and allowed us to sublease it. But, but you know, it got to the point where he's trying to build a business. We're trying to build a church. And we had a, a semi-rig parked on the property. And all of our stuff was in it. So every Sunday afternoon... At four o'clock, a skate session would end. Yeah, we would show it with volunteers, and we would unload the rig. Two hundred chairs, this huge stage. I don't even know why we use so much staging. We had these <laughs> four by eight sections of stage. Several of them, three feet off the ground, with planks. We would put together this massive stage in a backdrop, and all the chairs. We would convert an area into the nursery and the kids' church. And all, every single week, we had to do all this work and we did that for for two years and then it it was just time to um really i felt it was time to quit Mm. and it's it's one of the times that i really i was just i was done yeah and i was i was struggling i felt like god gave us this vision and we we needed our, our own space and um at that time i got offered 
a pastoral position at a mega church in Tulsa. And everything in the Nashville pointed to, you need to take this jet. They were going to hire a, not just me, but they were going to hire my wife. And combined, it was going to be a six-figure job. Right. I think I was making, at that time, $250 a week wow. at this little church plant. And I went out there, I checked it out, and really everything said yes, except for the Holy Spirit in my heart said no. Yeah. Because yeah. I've called you to Peoria. This is, and I, 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 turned, I turned it down. And there were some things that happened that God protected me from. I'm so glad that, it, you know, that I, I obeyed the call of God. And God would have t- taken care of us wherever. But, but um, we decided to, to move the church to Peoria. And we were in a hotel across from Riverside yep. for a year. And then we moved in this banquet facility called the Waterhouse. We were there for four years. From there, we moved into a, a storefront. And we were there for two years. And it was always kind of the starting over. But for nine years, setting up and tearing down, setting up and tearing down. And we had storage units and this trailer. Sometimes in the winter, would freeze and we couldn't get it open. And when we were in the hotel, they were moving us around to a different room every week. And there were so many seasons during those nine years that was so discouraging. When we moved in the storefront, we finally moved into a space that we got to keep our stuff set up. And But then stuff happened with that, and we didn't know where to go. Yeah. We moved, after two years, back into the hotel. Again, talk about moments where you're questioning your calling, yeah, questioning yeah. the Lord. Um, what's what's going on, you know? And honestly, it was it was through a hard, hard, hard season of leaving that storefront and back into a hotel where the enemy was just like mocking me, like, you know, what are you going to do now? And that opened up the door to purchase the facility that we're in today. Yeah. So in 2009, we bought property that that we're sitting in right now doing this podcast and the rest is history and um man we um, went from two services to three services at one time we were doing four services and um, we were doing three sunday mornings and a saturday night and um it's been it's been a great journey and god has has blessed us and i wouldn't trade any of it It right shaped me and made me who who i am today and you know during that journey uh a few years back God started challenging you to share your story and this this book that was in you uh, came out. Um, can you go into a bit of the process of that? And and I, some may have heard the story, but I, I think you should share it anyway, just of how you got the book deal, I think is, is a God thing as well. Okay. Well, um, first of all, so the, the book is called 41 Will Come, but before it was ever a book idea, it was just a sermon. And you as a pastor and a minister, there's probably certain messages that you have that when that's just become like your life message. Yeah. Like if I ever get invited to speak somewhere, I'm preaching this. And that's what, the way it was with 41 Will Come, inspired by a cassette tape that I had of this band called Harvest. And they had an album called 41 Will Come. And the title track was this song called 41 Will Come with three examples about 40 and 41. For example, in the Bible, it rained 40 days, 40 nights. On day 41, the rain stopped. Goliath challenged Israel 40 days, 41 came, David slew Goliath, right? So I wrote this sermon, and I decided to research and explore all the 40s and 41s in Scripture. Because when you look at Bible, let me just say there's nothing magical or mystical about the number 41, all right? There's no power in the number 41. The number 41, for me, is just a reminder of God's faithfulness. Every time I see that number, it reminds me of his of his faithfulness. Because yeah. um, in, in scripture, the number 40 represents a season of waiting. The number 41 is when the breakthrough comes, second chance, new beginning, that sort of thing. So this was kind of like my life sermon. And and um, so what happened was when we planted Rock Church, um, about a year in, Peoria got a football team. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. The yeah. Peoria Pirates. Pirates. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, arena football played Peoria, and it was a hit. Absolutely. It was selling out. We're talking 9,000 fans. Yeah. So before the season began, I just, again, Holy Spirit moment. It's part of my story. I just felt like I was supposed to contact them to see if they had a chaplain. So I caught up the front office. Do you guys have a team chaplain? If not, I'm a local pastor. Just started a church a year ago. Love to be part of it. All right, well, we'll talk to the coach. We'll call you back. I didn't expect a call back. They called me back. Coach wants to meet you. I'm like, all right. 
I went down to the practice facility to meet the coach. I prepared this packet of information all about myself, you know, because he didn't know who I was yeah. and, and um, didn't know at that time how intimidating Bruce Cowdery is. He is a legend, <laughs> an incredible football coach. In fact, he he coached the Chicago Rush in the arena football to a championship and with a team owned by Mike Ditka, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, I'll never forget, I walked into that practice facility and I was nervous. And I, on my way there, I'm like, God, is, should I even be doing this? I'm pastor at church, do so I have time to be his chaplain, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, I walked in and I just walked up to him. And right before I could say anything, he looked at me. And he goes, you the guy that wants to be our chaplain? And in that moment, I wasn't so, I wasn't so sure, Andy. <laughs> and uh, I said, um, yes, sir. He goes, you're it. You're the new Padre. <laughs> and I, I said, well, I have this packet of information. You don't know anything about I me. Mean, I could have got out of prison. He, he goes, I don't need that. There's just two things you need to know, son. I said, what are they? And he said, number, number one, chapel's not mandatory. I said, okay. He goes, number two, I cuss like a sailor, but I love the good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he wasn't kidding. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but um, great guy and opened up the door. And so what happened was, during our first year, we made the playoffs. So... Um, there was pandemonium in Peoria over the Pirates. And if you don't know what arena football is, it's like tackle hockey. It's awesome. So <laughs> we made it to the semifinal playoff game, right? I mean, England just won the semis a few weeks ago, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we made it to the semifinal game. If we win, we go to the Super Bowl of indoor football, the Arena Cup. Gold Cup, it was called the first year, I think. If we lose, we go home. So in my chapel my pregame chapel service with the team, I had like 10, 15 minutes, I shared this little message called 41 will come, right? And I shared the biblical examples with the team. Just like I shared, rain 40 days, 40 nights, 41 came, the rain stopped. Moses committed murder, hit on the backside of a desert, 40 years, 41 came. Moses received a second chance when he was commissioned by God to be the rescuer of Israel. The people of Israel, after being rescued, went through on dry ground, ended up in the wilderness. How many years? 40 years. 41 came. A new generation entered the promised land. Goliath challenged Israel. How many days? 40 days. 41 came. David slew Goliath. And there's more examples I won't get into now. Right? And I shared all these with the team. And, of course, I was talking about the game, but I was really talking about life. But the last thing, check this out, Andy. Now, this this is where it gets crazy. The last thing I said to the team before they went up and played the game was no matter what happens in this game tonight, if you get stuck on 40, don't quit because 41 will come. Yeah. Well, they won the game, but the final score was 41 to 40. Whoa. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, you can't make that up. And it had nothing to do with me. And in fact, it was so crazy after the game. I I mean, people started jumping over the wall and storming the field and high-fiving players. And I was right there in the pandemonium, man. And I would run up to guys. I I remember running up to this guy, Cedric Robinson. And I just grabbed him by the shoulder pads. I looked at him. I said, 41 game, baby. And he's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he stopped. He looked at me, and his eyes got real big. He's like, yeah. (laughs) You know? I wasn't thinking about the score. I was only thinking, hey, we won. We're going to the championship. It wasn't until the ride home, listening to the postgame show on the radio, that my friend Mike, who was with me, looked at me and goes, Chuck, I can't believe the score. I said, I know, man. It was 41 to 40. And then when I said that, it registered, and I almost drove off the road. Yeah. But that was the moment where, in my heart, I knew I was supposed to write a book. Yeah. But then it was just a dream for like 10 years where I talked about it. I preached about it. We did an eight-week sermon series about it. We just, I was kind of all talk, but I wasn't crafting it. But then our friend Jim Powell invited me to a writer's conference, and yeah. they had a, a, a partnership with Tyndall House Publishers, and I submitted my proposal, and I won a book deal. Man. So, yeah, kind of fast forward to the, and that's how, how it happened. There were, you know, and Esther Federkevich, yeah. my agent, was, it was her, her conference, and she shared on a previous episode of Revival, Revival Town podcast, which I wasn't, that they had a whole bunch of yeah. entries. In fact, they had so many that they had to delay announcing the top 10. Well, man, I'll never forget when my name was on the top 10, how excited it was. I went to Austin, Texas, and then um, Mark Batterson got up and preached. And as soon as he was done, they introduced, introduced or actually, they introduced before he preached wow. that um, 
that, that I was a winner. And I'll never forget just listening to his sermon that night, knowing that I had just won a book deal. And, yeah. And it was just, it's just, yeah, the rest is history. The process, was that pretty tough then? Or did you have material from over the years? Because I know that, you know, a lot of these guys like Judas Smith, for instance, he has a ghost writer that um, would take all of his sermons, basically, and really craft a book from this ghost writer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you have a lot of material from all the preachers and everything, or did you go and rewrite? Yeah. Um, I, I had so much information because, like I said, it had I had for ten years wanted to write the book, so I was, I had lots of files and folders and th- I had acquired information. Um, but really, what helped jumpstart it is I took an eight week sermon series that I did. And I was intentional in this. I did an eight week sermon series, and then I had somebody transcribe. Yeah, like a ghost writer. Um, yeah, had somebody. Um, well, not like a ghost writer. Ghost writer will take your series and they will write. I see. I had I somebody see. just transcribe word for word what I had preached. I see. I see. And that became a foundation for several of the chapters. I so I had a good starting point. But what most people um, don't know, so talking about the ghost writing, a lot of the mega church pastors, not all of them, but a high percentage of them, they have ghost writers. They don't write their own book. They write their sermon. They preach a sermon. A ghost writer takes their sermon, gives them their voice, but they actually do the right, you know, the ghost writer does the writing. Right. And right. then they collaborate and they meet with the author. Whereas people like Mark Batterson, he writes his own book. 41 will come. I wrote, you know, it's, 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 it's Chuck Tate. This is yeah. what came out of my, out of my heart. And, um, so I had a yeah I had a lot of material and I went through something called Book Proposal Academy. There's a guy named Chad Allen. We got to have him on the podcast and do an episode just about how to write a book, how to write a proposal. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that have a dream. Yeah, like Esther said, everybody has a book in them, a story to be told. And he helped me kind of craft my proposal that I submitted that ended up being a winning proposal. And um, and now I'm working on number two. Uh, so there you go. So you know, obviously. Doing the church, writing the book. Tell us a bit about your family. So my wife, Annette, and I have been married. It'll be 25 years, like you and Teresa. Yep, yep. October 19th. You guys, October 12th, which is my birthday. And um, like you I keep, mentioned you earlier. You keep mentioning that. Are you I, I, I just, you know, we're going to do a, a birthday episode. But. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. So, yeah, like I mentioned a little bit ago, my wife and I dated on and off for, for, for a long time. And um, we have... We have two kids. I have a 16-year-old daughter named Savannah. I have a 13-year-old son named Ashton. And he's, he tag-teamed with me on Father's Day. With yeah, I Me saw and that. my dad preached for five minutes. And he's preaching his first sermon ever this Sunday on, with, to our kids' ministry, our, our, our first through sixth graders. Wow. So um, love my kids, love being a dad like you. And, uh, man, my son and I were really into the NBA Finals. Since we're pre-recording this at this time, Phoenix Suns, who are my lifelong team, my favorite player of all time is Larry Bird, but my favorite team always been the Phoenix Suns since 1993, and they lost in the finals to the Bulls. Absolutely, because the Bulls are better. Oh, man. That year, Phoenix had the best record in the NBA. It was their year. They won a triple overtime in Game 5 in Chicago. In Game 6, John Paxson hit a shot with 18 seconds left. Phoenix couldn't get a shot off. And that ruined my life! And you know, uh, you know what else? There was another guy who was pretty good at that time. Yeah, I can't there? remember his name. What uh, was his? Mike, Mike, Michael something. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was the year that the Bulls repeated. And obviously, Michael Jordan is the best of all time. But I was, man, I was distraught. So this is before... You know, um, having games on our phone, right? Right. right so right. I actually had church that night, and I ran to I, as soon as church was over. Man, I, I ran to the car and drove to a McDonald's that had the game on, and I got there just in time to see the Suns lose. <laughs> so you know what I did? I went outside and I threw my large Coke. I just chucked it in the parking lot. <laughs> no pun intended. I took my wallet and I slammed it on top of a USA Today vending machine. <sighs> And I left, and halfway home, I realized I left my wallet. Oh my gosh! And I and prayed. I asked that? God to forgive me. I had to repent from from some of the things that I said when I threw my cup. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I I went back, and the wallet was still there. Oh man! And um, so what I, is it with you and wallets? Because you lost your wallet the other week. <laughs> That's great. If it's not tires blowing, or uh, oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, you know, 
apart from liking the sons over the bulls, I mean, you know, you're a good guy. Thanks, man. You know, no, seriously, we uh, we get to do this right. We record this once, twice a month, and we have had an amazing journey. I wanted to ask you, what have you enjoyed about this? Not not so much just being with me because I know you love that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but but, well, um, but you know some of the conversations we've had, whether it's us or. Uh, the people that we've had on the show. Yeah. Just tell us a bit about the journey you have had on Revival Town Podcast. Well, it all began with a podcast called 41 Strong. It's a podcast that I did by, did by myself for three or four years. And you were a frequent guest. Yeah. And it was one of the last times you were on that I went home and I told my wife, I really think it's time to shut down 41. I want to do a podcast with Andy. And that's when I approached you. And you were kind of thinking the same thing. And, and, um, we started pitching names, and um, the name that I wanted was already a podcast. So you're like, "What about Revival Town?" And as soon as, I'm like, that is it. Yeah, it's, it's it. Yeah, it's, it's Revival Town. That yeah. that's and it. really just bringing a light onto people that have done stuff in certain towns and and cities and uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, go on. Sorry. So I, no. Yeah. So my honestly, my my favorite part is our record days. I love coming to the church. We usually do two to three episodes at a time, and we have our system down where we, we set up the studio. You have this this studio in a suitcase yeah, that, yeah. that you come and you set up, and we get ready to go, and I brew the coffee, and then... Boy, we, you do good coffee. Uh, thanks, Although man. I'll keep providing well, the beans. You keep providing me the beans, man. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm, I have two bags of Costa Rica Starbucks coffee right now because of you. Thank you. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, yeah, I brew the coffee. We do we do usually do a couple episodes, and we, we go get Chinese for lunch, and then yep. we come back and we do our third one. And honestly, just the the camaraderie, the hanging out, and and I, I love I love um, that the stories that we get to hear. Yeah. And um, obviously, our our guests have each one has ministered to me personally, right. Right. Every single guest, every single story is significant, and I'm just glad that we get to share them with our listeners, and I'm, I'm grateful for those that are listening right now who take time out of their schedule to listen to what we and they have to say. Yeah, and I think it's because, that you know, obviously we live in a podcast-crazy world, um, but I think for what we try to bring is not the boring podcasts. There's plenty of them. Not that they've got yeah. great content, because they do, um, but I just feel like we we need to bring a bit of lightheartedness to what we do and to people that we're interviewing. I mean, even some of the people yeah. we've had on have them in a room on their own with one other person being interviewed. It could be a pretty boring interview. Yeah. Right. Well, but we yeah. just try to bring stuff out of people in a fun way. Well, you know what? It goes, it goes back to what you shared last week about your creativity when you're delivered a message. You grew up bored in church. So when you have an opportunity to present the gospel, you want to present it in a fun way, in a way that are gonna, that's going to connect with people so they won't forget it. And that's honestly why we started Rock Church, just because we wanted to do church different. And yeah. there wasn't contemporary church in the Peoria area. Northwoods had started, but we were super edgy. You know what I mean? There, yeah, yeah, there weren't. Yeah. Now almost every church has got the modern rock and roll worship. Yeah. And um, when we began, we... we our, our whole, our slogan of our church is four words, same message, different language. We want to communicate the gospel in love in a way that people can understand, right? And, and that means you have to, you can't be married to your method. Right. The message right. doesn't change, but we change our methods and we want to make sure that we create an environment that, I don't want to say seeker friendly because we're not seeker friendly when it comes to the sermon, to the message. We don't right, water right. down the scripture at all, but we create an atmosphere that is fun and festive right. and try to communicate the gospel in a way that people get it. I think that's carried over because both of us are wired the same way. Yeah. So that has come out in this podcast. We don't want to just do a podcast where we get um, super spiritual and serious, even right. though we will right, get right. serious, but we want this to be a fun experience that people aren't going to forget. Yeah. And I think I think people are enjoying it. I mean, and we hear from a lot of different people from all over the place just uh, enjoying it, and and just from seeing how many people are downloading it, uh, it's taken us um, a bit by surprise, to be honest. Yeah, 
and uh, so we love doing it. Chuck, what are you looking forward to um, in the future with the church and the podcast? All right. Well, first thing I'm going to say, what I'm really looking forward to is my wife, by the time this episode airs, I will probably be in Arizona. My wife has been on a journey for three years dealing with physical pain and hardship. She's having a major surgery in August, and we believe that's going to bring about some real positive change for her and for our family, which carries over into our church. But I mean, as far as our church and ministry, blessed with a great team, love to get to do what we do. And COVID was hard, but you know what, man, we're still rocking and rolling and yeah. God is still moving. And um, I'm just excited to to be able, I mean, it's been 23 years, but I still love it. I wouldn't yeah. want to be anywhere else, even though everybody else is moving to Texas and Florida. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love to get to do this. I love to get to do it with you. I'm looking forward to some of the guests that yeah. we have planned. This is going to be really, really cool. I'm just yeah. excited to see what God does. Good. Well, i tell you what I would love for you to do, Chuck, is uh, perhaps pray uh, into what some of the things you were talking about, especially for um, people who perhaps get discouraged, you know, yeah. you doing the, the sure. church for nine years from the back of a, a vehicle, you know, there was times where you could have quit, right? And I know that for people, there's a lot of people who they feel like quitting, whether that's quitting in life, quitting church, quitting God, whatever that may mm. be. Uh, why don't you pray into that? And and also make sure you, you also pray why don't we pray for Annette as well with, sure. with the, the operation that's about to happen? Okay. All right. 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 Father, right now, I just thank you so much for, first of all, thank you for Andy. And I thank you for the vision of this, this podcast for those who are listening right now. And the opportunity we have to share good news and deliver it in a fun way every week for every guest, every artist that we've had that has shared part of their journey and part of their story. And we thank you for our listeners right now who are on their journey and they might feel stuck in the middle of their story. They might feel like you're not moving perhaps as fast as, as you could be. But I thank you, Lord, that you already see what's ahead. And you're in, you're already, you, we know you're in control. And, God, we know your word says in Deuteronomy 31.6, don't be afraid. Be, be strong, be courageous, be fearless. Don't be afraid of your enemies because the Lord himself will go into battle with you. And he won't let you down. And he won't abandon you. God, that's a word that we can cling to today. You are with us. Yes. Jesus, you're at the right hand of the Father interceding for us and cheering us on, and your Holy Spirit is within us. So we're going to be okay. So I just thank you for the dreams and the visions that you place within hearts. I just pray, Lord, that you will stir those up. God, for those that have given up on a dream, maybe today's the day they pick it back up, dust it off, and offer up to you. Your word says in Proverbs 16, 3, commit to the Lord whatever we do and our plans will succeed. So we thank you, Lord, that when we take our dreams and we give them to you, they become your dreams and your dreams don't fail. So we thank you for what you're going to do as a result. We thank you for what you're going to do in my wife. We thank you that you're going to guide the surgeons, the physicians, the nurses. We know that her body is in your hands and we just give you praise for a good report in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Chuck. Well, thank you. You know what we normally do uh, this time uh, during the podcast, uh, if, you, if this is the first time you've ever listened to us, um, this is where we would ask the big three questions. So Chuck, you're not running away from it. Oh, snap. I forgot about the big three. All right. You ready? Yep. So you've traveled a lot. What's your favorite place? That you've been to and would either retire at. Oh man. You know, I would say I love Colorado. Mm. I don't think I would retire there because my see, I, I've I love the beach, but I almost favor the mountains. Because I, I went skiing in winter parks for several years in a row. I uh, got to love Colorado. Uh, my wife loves the beach. So we would probably have to retire somewhere where there is mountains and a beach, like maybe the Northwest, Pacific Northwest. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to say California because everybody's leaving California. But uh, <laughs> I, I th- I've been to every state but Alaska. One of my very favorite states to drive through, believe it or not, is, is Colorado. Okay. I'm going to say that. Yeah, okay. Okay. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's keep on that. Uh, the questions obviously you asked me last week there's one because we do like to eat 
Mm. A lot. Yes. Sometimes too much. Uh-oh. Favorite meal. What is your oh favorite meal? Well, this this changes. Okay. Currently, yeah. my favorite meal is butter chicken, an Indian dish. Oh, look yeah. at you. Buttered chicken with naan. Oh, man. You just connected with all the people in England now. Yeah, I'm actually cooking it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. yeah Thanks I, for I the invite. To, Thanks I for try, the invite. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> well, okay, we have some friends that are, are coming into town and he loves Indian food. So I said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this for you when you're okay. hanging out with our family. But um, yeah, I tried it a few weeks ago, but I was missing some ingredients. I got those ingredients. Now we're going to do this. All right. Rock yeah. it out. Rock it out. Okay. Favorite. You, you, you obviously, um, you know, your church is called Rock Church and it's not based on rocks. It's based on rock and, you know, that type of, you know. What's your favorite band you've ever seen live? Oh, man. Not not CD, not a project. What you've seen live. Oh, man. Stumped him. I'm going to say it's a tie. Okay. Two shows that really, really stand out. Yeah. One would be the concert that I attended with you, Switchfoot. Oh, that was a good night. That was just an epic show. Yeah. And um, we got to kind of meet John Foreman indirectly. <laughs> yeah. um, that, that was... We should post that. Uh, I've got it on my phone. Yeah. This week, we will post John Foreman's backside yeah. in your face. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. All right. What, what was the other one? So the other one was, I mean... I could I could probably say so many Cornerstone Festival concerts oh. that I saw the year, so I, it's too hard to narrow one of those down. So I would probably have to say um, there's a show that when I was a youth pastor, I brought in a band called One Bad Pig, and I almost almost got fired. <laughs> one after, bad pig. I, I almost they were a punk band. They did a song with Johnny Cash, believe it or not. But wow. I, I almost got fired because um, I took out. This was more of a traditional church. I took out all the pews for the concert but i didn't draw a map of where they go so when the concert was over and everybody left and i was a young youth pastor i didn't have a lot of help lined yeah, up yeah. and um, i didn't know i couldn't remember where the how the pews were set up and there was church the next day and um oh, no. yeah, we were between pastors and the, the board was not very happy with me but in this concert a guy who is now a friend had experienced a fire his parents were out of town he had a party there was a fire his sister died. Wow. He gave his life to Christ at this concert and has been a Christian ever since. And I got to preach the funeral for his dad a couple weeks ago. Oh, wow. Wow. So there was fruit from that crazy, wild punk show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I just want to thank you for doing this podcast with me, Chuck, because uh, it'd be pretty boring if it was just me doing it. So. Uh, thank you for for this and sharing your story today. Um, but you know what's coming next, don't you? Oh yeah, Tate and his mate. Tate and his mate. Now, if you are listening for the first time, this is where Mister Tate has to try and guess a saying, word, or rhyming Cockney slang. Uh, for from me to him uh, for what they would say in England. So, all right. Um, let me try and um, let me try and do this. When when you're away, right? Yeah. Give me a bell, okay? Say it again. When you're away, give me a bell. Give you a bell. A bell. B e l l. Bell. Give you a bell. Give me a bell. When you're away, give me a bell. Give me, give me a bell. Give me a call. Oh, that's that's two. Is that two weeks two in a row? Right? You gotta yeah, be yeah. kidding me. Last week was I was getting in the loo, and now I'm. I can't remember <laughs> some. Uh, call me in the loo. It was. <laughs> give me a bell in the loo. It was Q for the loo. It's Q for the loo last Q week. Q for the loo this week. And then give, give me, me a bell. bell. Is it give me a ring? Like give me a call? Give me a ring. Wow. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So, so, man, uh, so you got fun. another saying. So this week, if you're listening, 
just throw it out there. You may see someone say, you know, instead of give me a call this week, instead of saying that, say, oh, give me a bell this week. Bell. Yeah. See what this says. There, you go. there we go, mate. That's been fun. How can people connect with you? Okay, my my um, social media handle and all platforms is Chuck. I walked into that. No, go on. I walked into that. Chuck E. Tate. It's really easy. Like Chuck, Chuck E. Cheese. E. Chuck E. Tate. Like Chuck E. Cheese, but Chuck E. Tate. T A T E. And I will say my favorite social media platform is TikTok. So come hang out with me on TikTok. Because he's, he's one of the cool kids. Yeah, oh, it's fun. So. Uh, what about um, website church? Tell uh, us about that. Um, yeah, chuckytate.com. Our web- church website is rcpuria.org. Um, we have a Roku channel. Rock Church has a Roku channel now. Oh, cool. It went live yesterday. Nice. Um, and we have a, a mobile app, Rock Church mobile app. So, Great. So yeah. download all of that. If you want to be closer to Chuck, obviously not everyone can be in the Peoria area, but uh, you can see Chuck 24-7. Oh, my. I don't know about that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Chuck, it's been great doing the show with you today. If you're listening, make sure you're connecting with us. You can leave us a message if you just go to um, Rivers... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> too many years <laughs> revival town podcast revivaltownpodcast.com uh, and then you'll be able to click right there onto the uh, message and uh, you'll be able to leave us a message uh, right on the listen now button so make sure you're doing that see you next week Chuck bye listening to this episode of revival town podcast make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more information head on over to revivaltownpodcast.com Smile on your face now.